Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast coming at you on Friday. We're two days away from Santa popping his head down the chimney, delivering presents to all the good girls and boys across the world. Hubba hubba. And that brings me to my question of the day today, Jell, since we are so close to Christmas. Two-part question for you. It should be relatively quick, but I think I know the answer for those that are not on YouTube. You can go to YouTube, but... When decorating a tree gel, do you prefer white lights or multicolored lights? Well, <laughs> I have both on my tree, but okay. you like can't see the colored ones in the video, really. I don't, okay. Maybe you can? Um, Maybe very faint. The white lights yeah, so stand out the most, though. I've got a string of both. Uh, that is my preference, is, is a little mixture action. Okay. Uh, I like the brightness of the white, but I like to have that, you know, the variety pack of the <laughs> the blue, green, red, you know, et cetera on there. So I like having both on there. Um, you know, my my set of lights that are running around the, the wall, those are kind of like a white-ish yellow kind of, I wouldn't say piss colored, but <laughs> very, you know. If you're very hydrated, uh, that, <laughs> maybe that color. So <laughs> I nice. like I like having both in there. Um, you know the brightness of the white, and then the uh, still the still the variety pack, the Frito Lay variety pack of uh, different colors on the tree. I like it. I am definitely multicolored lights. Um, growing up, my mom would always put the white lights on the tree, and then finally dad and I put our foot down, I think, one year, and they're like, no, we like the multicolored lights, so we <laughs> put those on, and I haven't gone back since. Uh, my wife likes the white lights as well, so she has her tree in the living room, and then uh, where I'm recording from, I've got the uh, multicolored lights on the tree out there. So, what is, uh, what's, is that, are those just white lights to your, uh, to the side of you? Up on the mantle? Yeah, those are just white lights on the mantle. And then, uh, well, for those on YouTube, you can check out my family room. But uh, over in the corner over there, I've got that is nice just LED blazing. lights. <laughs> yes. That thing looks like it's on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they're technically outdoor LED lights, but I'll do those on the indoor tree just because I like a nice bright Christmas well, tree. Well, you don't want to blind the people driving by, so. <laughs> Curtains are closed. <laughs> no, for the, that's that's why you keep them indoors. I like it. No, yeah. I we used to have the, you know, like the big bulb colored lights. Yep. That my parents used to have that, and, yeah, and I think that's why my parents got rid of them, because they would, you know, you don't. I don't think that they wanted to burn their house down, so they're like, yeah, probably should uh, take some safety precautionary action here and switch to the old, uh, you know, the, the the smaller ones. Yep. Part uh, two of the question of the day, what is your favorite ornament that you put on the tree? It could be something maybe that uh, is from your childhood or what's your favorite ornament that you have? I have, well, it's not even my ornament. Um, it's my dad's that he made in 1962. And it's just a, it's just a cloth cutout of like a rain of like a Rudolph cutout that you know out of cloth that he made in 62 and it's you know it's you know it's got the sharpie like 90 like bill 1962 it's just <laughs> it's just i don't know it's it's been obviously a staple since i have ever done christmas which was since i was like one so <laughs> or zero i guess technically so that i don't know there's just something about that that i like and it's just kind of like it's just such a staple every year, and I, I, I actually was home for when uh, me and my parents decorated the tree this year, and that was one of them that I put on, and I was like, "This feels right." Like I don't know, it was. It's just you know <laughs> sentimental, I guess, in that way, and and just knowing that it's literally sixty or yeah, sixty years old, like that's crazy. So just kind of you know something. It's kind of cheesy, but it's. 
you know, but it's cool. Nice. It, 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 it's sentimental to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's kind of one of the sentimental ones too. My grandma had like hand stitched, like, I don't know why it's like a mailbox that for like all of the kids back in the day. So my mom had it on her tree and then she passed it down to me, but it's for some reason, I don't know if it was the year it was made or what the significance is, but there's 1983 on it. So I don't have any idea. My mom has no idea what the significance is of it either, but Hey, it, it works. And yeah, that's one that I always love putting on the tree and love seeing on the tree growing up. So I wonder why the mailbox though, yeah. like, is that where Santa delivered their gifts <laughs> in the mailbox yeah, like, rather than under the tree? My grandpa <laughs> helped out at the post office for years. So uh, I don't know if that had something to do with it or what. That's, but that yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So, but no, it's more of the nostalgia ones for me too. So Right. Yep. Right. For sure. All right. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports. Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Go to YouTube, that fun place that you can watch videos and type in Dead Arm Sports. Subscribe, click the bell there. You can find us. Ding. Monitor Speak, that wait, chat. Re- really quick. My own QOTD taking over this segment. <laughs> Remember when YouTube first came out? Did you have a favorite, like, a video that comes to mind that, like, you just, you and your friends would just burn up, like, when it first came out, you know, one of those first viral videos that you can remember at least watching um, on Facebook. Man. I think, like, the only videos I ever remember, like, when you and Eric and all the guys would, like, come over and hang out with Alex. And for some reason, old Greg pops up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That video was always on in our house, and it was just just die <laughs> laughing, just so stupid. But it's yeah, that was a classic. All those original <laughs> YouTube videos were so bad; they were yeah. so dumb. But they obviously, you know, what YouTube does now. Good for good for Google and knowing what the future of media was gonna be. <laughs> right. Continue on. Oh, what was yours? <laughs> oh, oh, good call. Uh, well, the shoes video, okay. shoes. Let's get some shoes. That's always a classic. Muffins. Um, oh, this one's really creepy, but salad fingers. Don't. If you haven't seen it, you might not be able to sleep tonight. It's just this very creepy cartoon of. It's hard to describe, but it's good. <laughs> I like how this. Rusty spoon feels on my salad fingers. <laughs> All-time classic. Speaking of spoons, my spoon's too big. <laughs> I am a banana. <laughs> that was another one. <laughs> big time. And the GI Joe videos, the the parody GI Joe oh, videos. Yeah. If you haven't seen, you've seen those. Yeah, that's those are good. that's some. Those are some goodies. Oh yeah, those are still great. <laughs> you can find them on YouTube. Pork when chop you're sandwiches. Done. <laughs> you can find us at Dead Arm Sports. <laughs> we monitor that <laughs> chat. You can ask us any questions there. You want to hit us up on our socials at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook at Das Gel. That's at D A S J E L. I'm at Das JPEC. That's at D A S J P E C. Then on your favorite listening platform, subscribe, rate, and review, and send us a screenshot. We'll get you some swag. All right, Gel, you ready to bounce back in the Bull Pick'em Week Two edition? You are currently down nine to four. Yeah, it's about time. I better. Um, yeah, I guess let's let's uh, no pun intended. Let's kick it off. <laughs> Sounds good. We are recording on Wednesday night, so we are still awaiting our favorite mascot, Big Red, to play. He's going to be coming on shortly, so can't wait to turn that game can't on wait. and watch that one. But we'll start. We're going to run through bowl games uh, Thursday, December 22nd to the through the following Tuesday, the 27th. So we are hoping to be recording on Tuesday next week, so we'll start with the Wednesday games and onward and upward from there. Thursday, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Baylor versus Air Force. Air Force, a team you are familiar with, Jell, uh, 
during our upset picks this season. Are you Damn, riding with them me. or are you riding with the, the Baylor Bears and sticking with your Texas theme? You know who it's got to be. It's got to be Air Force. They got me. Well, they, they ended up getting me a, a, actually in a, in a couple different nice games. I had, um, I well, I had Utah, or I guess just that one game in that uh, the upset pick em where I had Utah State over Air Force as 10-point uh, underdogs. So Air Force did me right once. I'm rooting for them to do me right a second time here. I'm going Air Force, baby. Fly Eagles. Well, not Eagles, but fly <laughs> airplanes fly. <laughs> I like it. I, well, this would actually be a really fun game, Gel, if I just kept picking the exact same teams you did the rest of the way out so you couldn't catch up. But fortunate for our podcast, it's better off if I don't do that. So I'm going to rock with the Baylor Bears this week. I just, I don't know. I think there's going to be too much for Air Force. Richard Reese has been doing fairly well on the ground this season. I think they're going to hit the ground running here and just be a little bit too much for Air Force in this one. So I like the Baylor Bears and uh, Dave Aranda on this one. Dave Aranda, I'm okay with that. I mean, can't root against the guy, but I'm going to. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) The Louisiana versus Houston. So... I'm gonna so many bulky. Yeah, so many, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Houston in this one. Houston had a pretty decent year this year. Clayton Toon at quarterback, three three thousand eight hundred forty-five yards, thirty-seven touchdowns, ten interceptions. I think he's gonna be the difference maker in this one, and Houston is gonna end up taking it to Louisiana. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna ride with Houston too. Uh not only because they're called the Cougars, which you know we're all fans of, but um <laughs> But you know they they've had a, yeah like you like you mentioned they had a really nice season a couple a couple of losses that could have gone kind of fifty fifty but the one game that I look at and this makes me know they can put up points was a seventy seven to sixty three <laughs> loss to SMU to the to the Donks the Broncos so. I'm going to ride Houston and thinking that they're going to be able to uh, put up some points here, especially in a bowl game. I mean, are these Louisville defenders really going to be putting up, you know, putting up their, uh, you know, their fighting hands? I don't think so. It's a bowl game. Houston offense all day. Let's go Cougs. I like it. Moving into the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. What? (laughs) Wake Forest versus Gazuntite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got a little ACC versus SEC here, Gel. Who you got in this one between Wake Forest and Mizzou? Oh, I, I got to go Mizzou here. I think this Wake Forest season is lost. They had massive expectations, and I don't know what their motivation level is going to be. What is it called again? This bowl game? The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Exactly. (laughs) So (laughs) I think Mizzou is going to be a lot more motivated than Wake Forest in this game. I mean, I got it. Yeah, that's about my that's about it for for me rocking. Why I got to rock Mizzou here. I'm going to go with Wake Forest. I think they write the ship in this one. You had mentioned they don't have anything to play for. There were high expectations here and just did not live Sam up to Hartman them this playing? year. I believe he is. I haven't seen anything, at least, that he's not. But that's where, that's where I'm going to lean, assuming that he's playing in this one. I think he's going to be the difference maker and can lead Wake Forest to a bowl game and at least end the season on a high note, winning the Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> did, does it does – it- could I persuade you at all when I say that Mizzou hung in with the number one team in the country in not, Georgia? Not really. It was at home, and I mean that was Mizzou's Super Bowl. Mizzou has not been a good team this year. They're bottom of the barrel in the SEC, so no. It's still the SEC. It's, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that Mizzou's <laughs> a strong program by the way, like no. by any means. So don't get that twisted. <laughs> 
All right, Saturday slate, only one game due to pretty much all of the NFL games other than five of them are on Saturday this week. So only one game, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Easy Post? Easy Post Hawaii like Bowl. Like a goal post? I guess. <laughs> okay, so they did this perfect. We've got NFL at noon. NFL at 3.15 or 3.30, NFL at 7, and you know that Hawaii Bowl, it's always during, you know, it's 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 always when all those Hawaii games are at, so it's going to be the nightcap. I love that they did it this way. Middle Tennessee State versus San Diego State. I have no belief in San Diego State whatsoever, but that's not why I'm going with Middle Tennessee State. I'm going with Middle Tennessee State because they beat the University of Miami, Florida, and basically ruined Miami's season after that win. So I think they're going to – I'm still – I I think that's a halfway decent squad, um, and that's why I'm going to – that's why I got to roll Middle Tennessee State here. Also, correct me if I'm wrong on that time. I'm I was going to say, you're going to be uh, terribly disappointed to know that it starts at 7 p.m. Central time. <laughs> no, they screwed that shit up. <laughs> they did. They should have put that as a nightcap. Come after on, the man. Do it, with the ra- do it with just like the fighting rainbows. Right? You could stay up, wait for Santa to pop down the chimney while you're watching the Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. <laughs> Speaking of blowing it, I think you went with the wrong team in this one. I'm going with San Diego <laughs> State in this one. No particular reason. They're touchdown favorites in this one. And, hey, I like the Aztecs, and they're always a fun basketball program to watch. So why not cheer for the football team? That's what I will be doing in this one. <laughs> Moving on to Monday's slate, Quick Lane Bowl. This one's a staple. I know. <laughs> Got uh, New Mexico State versus Bowling Green. Nothing says nothing says staple game like uh the quick like lane bowl. <laughs> New Mexico State. <laughs> yes. I'm going with bowling green in this one. I've been riding the Mac train throughout the bull pick 'em and uh, that's that's where I'm gonna roll with this one too. They haven't done me wrong yet, so let's keep sticking with them, at least for now, and go with bowling green. Yep, same thing here. I just love that they're, you know, I mean can you pick against Bowling Green when they're going bowling? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that they pitch sounds a like a strike they, to me, Joe. <laughs> I think that they uh, play a perfect game and put up three hundred on the ground and another three hundred through the air. I don't know. I'm trying to make bowling puns. <laughs> it's not going well. But I ball. think it goes well for Bowling Green. <laughs> First game. I'm, I got to give myself an L on that one. That was just a terrible segment. That's you. L. <laughs> L. All right. First game on Tuesday, the Camilla Bowl. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> we got Georgia Southern versus How is it? Is it Camilla? Maybe it's maybe it's a Hispanic? Hispanic, yeah. Camilla? Well could be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tells no us all idea. we need to know about this bowl game. Let's <laughs> I want to know where some of these companies I've never heard of are getting money to sponsor bowl games. So the Wasabi Bowl, <laughs> the in, last week, I just assumed it was just you wasabi. know the wasabi <laughs> that you get with your sushi. Like there's just just general promotion for wasabi. And I guess they're a like some big tech data storage company. So the things you learn over bowl season. <laughs> <laughs> We got a uh, Georgia Southern and Buffalo. Who you got in this one, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Another staple, of course. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I gotta go Georgia Southern. They uh they covered for me, or well, they covered for me when I bet on them against UNC plus seven earlier on in the year, and uh, well, they didn't blow it. It looked like they were going to. It would ended up being a push with a seven point loss. So I gotta give them some props. For that reason, for my own, uh, they saved me. They saved me some money by not losing to UNC by more than seven. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with Mr. Georgia. Well, Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Georgia Southern here. Nice. Yeah, I'm riding with Georgia Southern in this one as well. Jalen White's been having a solid year so far, and I think 
that continues into the bowl game. Sorry, sorry, Mac, uh, going against you in this one. It was a good run while yeah, it lasted. Yeah, wow, but... you had a nice one-game streak of saying that you're riding with Mac on the Mac team. <laughs> I rode with all the Mac teams last week to victory, but no, Georgia Southern. The Mac be... is back. The <laughs> Mac is back. Uh, next bowl game up, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl between Memphis and Utah State. I am going with Memphis in this one. I think their passing attack is just going to be too much um, for Utah State. And Utah State, also synonymous with Gary Anderson, and that guy can go fuck himself for ditching the Badgers. <laughs> facts on facts. So, yeah, I will not pick Utah State. So go Utah Memphis. State is also synonymous with Jordan Love, <laughs> the uh, stud backup. So. <laughs> But they did cover for me, you know, in the same game that uh, Air Force co- or that Air Force uh, blew it for me. So I'm gonna go Utah State just because they uh, they covered my ass in the uh, in my domination in our uh, our upset pickums over the season. So Utah State it is. Jordan like it. Jordan Love, Michael Jordan Love, if you don't mind. <laughs> The GOAT. Second to last game uh, on the Tuesday slate. And for our week two, Bull Pick'em have the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl between Coastal Carolina and this? East Carolina. Battle of the Carolinas in this one, Joe. Which Carolina are you rolling with? I'm going to go Coastal. Uh, I know that they're they're losing Grace and McCall, but I still think, I mean, that team has been... That that's been a winning program for multiple years. This isn't the first year. Chanticleers. That... <laughs> At least you know how to pronounce it. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> Guess we'll find out during the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna ride Coastal. I think that it's just a good team, even without Grayson McCall as their stud signal caller. Uh, still a good enough program where they had they've had multiple, you know high-end win season so i think it's just a good good program and i like them over ecu i like it i'm gonna rock ecu in this one east carolina i i think grayson mccall going down and or not going down but getting out of that program transferring is just going to be too much for them in this one east carolina isn't a bad program either. it's a good program too. they play teams really tough and you wouldn't expect anything less from pirates so i gotta go with you horror peter gosh peter yeah so rocking rocking the pirates i'm glad this one. So, i'm glad that you picked them so that we could have done so yes, that we could pull that off absolutely absolutely <laughs> And then our last game on the slate, uh, one I know we will be tuned into at 9.15 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday night, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Like, what the hell is that? (laughs) I guess I'm not going to work the next day. God. Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Wisconsin Badgers taking on the Oklahoma State Sooners in the, all right, this is what we have left of our team. (laughs) (laughs) Both starter starting quarterbacks in this one are out. Spencer Sanders, Graham Mertz, both transferring. Uh, Oklahoma State starting running back transferred in this one as well. Got to go with the Badgers. I think Braylon Allen's going to bounce back in this one. He's had time to rest up, get healthy, and I think he's ultimately going to be the difference maker in this one along with the Badgers' defense is going to hold the uh, Oklahoma State's backup quarterback in this one. So I think it's going to be kind of an ugly game. It's going to be uh, – not an exciting game to watch per se, but I think ultimately the Badgers walk away with this one. Yeah, I'm I'm giving the Badgers the edge here as well. Um, it's Jim Leonard's last game at head coach and in within the program. I think that these players are going to play hard for him and want and root for him to hopefully get another big time job, whether that's an NFL DC spot, whether that's a head coaching spot at a smaller school. I think these players, I think they love him. I mean, we, we've seen that they love him and that there were current players that were somewhat vocal about saying, you know, uh, like that, that they were shocked that Jim Leonard didn't just get handed the job. So I think they're going to play really hard for Leonard. So I give Wisconsin a pretty big edge here. Spencer Sanders leaving the program, that's, I think, a massive loss for Oklahoma State. I think Graham Mertz leaving might be an upgrade. I don't know who's starting. <laughs> Maybe you do, but uh, 
Um, it, it, is yeah, it Chase Wolf or did or yeah, is it? It's gonna um, be Chase Wolf. Yeah, so I didn't know if he was still injured Either or not. That, I don't know. You might see some Miles Burkett thrown in there too. But I, which, I think that's it's what be, I'd be rooting for. I think it's but be Wolf. Maybe that. Maybe maybe Wolf shows his, uh, you know, his true colors as a reason that he's been a career backup, and they end up bringing in Burkett at some point. But I I just think that this team is going to play really hard for Jim Leonard. So I give the Badgers a pretty significant edge in this one. I like it. Moving into our NFL Week 16 preview, I want to bring up one of Jim Leonard's former teams in this one. Again, we are recording on Wednesday night right now, so we're going to be talking a little bit about a game that we already know the result of right now, and that is the Thursday night game, Jaguars versus Jets. And if you would have told me that this was the Thursday night game at the start of the season, I would have told you I probably wasn't going to watch it. But this is essentially a playoff game. Both of these teams need to win this game to stay in the playoff hunt. Jacksonville is only a game back in that AFC South division, one game behind Tennessee, who's got a matchup against Houston this week. So Jacksonville is going to be gunning to win this one to either tie for the division lead with two games to play, including a matchup at the end of the season against Tennessee, or else they're going to be looking at possibly being two games out, depending on the result here or staying within a game. Jets also trying to right the ship. Zach Wilson is going to be getting another start in this one. Mike did not make the uh, cut here in this one. Still hurt and was not able to clear, but this should be a good game. Jets' defense has been solid all year, and Jacksonville's offense has been rolling a little bit lately. Trevor Lawrence, we talked about yesterday, looks like the quarterback that the Jags thought they were going to be when they drafted him. And Zay Jones had a uh, fucking Zay Jones forced me into our last place game in our league of record but uh no zay jones had a monster week last week we'll see what he's able to do in this one and should be a fun one again we're talking right now we know the results of this one already when you're listening to this but right now on wednesday night this is one of the top games of the week i'm looking forward to do you think zay jones is here to stay I mean, we've been kind of hyping him up since he first came into the league. It looked like he was kind of going to be something special. Never really panned out in Buffalo. Didn't do much in Oakland, or maybe they had already been in Vegas by that time. Now he's with the Jags, and he's put up... It's it's not like it's been very consistent numbers, at least especially early on in the year. But since Trevor Lawrence has popped, so has Zay Jones. I feel like Lawrence has found his favorite target. Do you think that he's here to stay? And I guess sticking with, you know, you brought up you brought up fantasy. Do you think he's somebody that could be relevant and draftable going into next year? You've still got Christian Kirk on one side who has been really the number 1 target for the for the majority of the season, but Zay Jones has popped and I think that that Zay Jones upside is bigger than Christian Kirk's upside. So, you know, I, I know we're, we're doing a way too early uh, <laughs> fantasy preview for 2023-24, but do you think that he's somebody to keep a radar on? Or if you're a dynasty player, somebody that you'd want to hang on to during the offseason? Or am I being too hyperbolic here and thinking that he's relevant? Um, I want to see a little bit more out of him. Yes, he has looked good ever since the emergence of Trevor Lawrence in the second half. They committed a lot of money to Christian Kirk, and there's another name that will be in that receiving core next season, and that is Calvin Ridley, who they traded for I before the I forgot about that. So good call. He is going to have Calvin, Calvin Ridley in front of him too, so a little bit of an uphill battle there, but... I don't know how you wouldn't be keeping him around, though, and make him relevant just with what we've seen with Trevor Lawrence. But it'll be interesting to see once you throw Calvin Ridley back into the mix there. And then, again, they committed a lot of money to Christian Kirk this offseason for whatever reason. But, no, I mean, (laughs) right now, obviously, if he's out there on your waiver wire, you need to pick him up because of the three-touchdown week last year. You can see whether or not you play him this week. But, it, yeah, I – He's definitely somebody to hold on to in Dynasty to see how the offseason shakes out, but I'm not hurt if I'm not grabbing him, I guess. 
That's fair. We've got two teams here in the Jags and Jets that are rising up the ranks pretty quickly. You know, teams that they picked one and two two years ago. The Jags had back-to-back number one overall picks, obviously, with the number one pick in Trayvon Walker this past season. And the Jets having the number four pick. So when you look forward to these teams, they're both fighting for playoff contention. Where do you see their needs? If you're saying if today is draft day, what needs do you see for the Jets? What needs do you see see for the Jags? Because they're not going to have super high picks. It's probably going to be kind of middle of the first round types of picks for both teams here. Uh, right now, right now the Jags are slated for the number eleven pick. Right now the Jets are slated for the seventeenth pick uh but you know things can shake out over the next three weeks that's why i say they'll probably be middle of the first round types of types of teams when i look at the jags not super needy i would probably like to grab another wide receiver if i'm the jags and and then focus on a little bit more offensive line and probably you can always use another pass rusher probably a defensive tackle as well for the jags and and as much DB, I mean, they still need DB help. For the Jets, where are their weaknesses outside of quarterback? I mean, when Mike White is out there showing up and showing out, their offensive line is pretty strong, especially they're getting Elijah Vera Tucker back next season for his, that'll be his third season in the league, him coming off that injury. I think that they could use another offensive tackle to replace Mekhi Becton. But defensively, they're stout. They've got receivers in Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Probably could take, you know, a Dalton Kincaid type of a tight end maybe in the second round. But where do you, I, I guess, I, I guess maybe I just answered my own question. <laughs> of Where do you see their needs outside of anything that I said? Not really. I think for the Jags, it's O-line, just shoring that up to make sure you're blocking Trevor. I mean, obviously, that's the future quarterback of your franchise. You want to protect him at all costs, so just beefing up that O-line. Like you touched on, maybe get another pass rusher to go um, alongside Josh Allen. Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen. And if you can add another, you know, either pass rusher or interior, you know, maybe an interior defensive tackle, pass rushing type of player. I think these two teams, if the Jets can figure out their quarterback situation, (laughs) as goofy as it sounds, Jags and Jets have legitimate futures, I think. Yeah. When you touch on the Jets, what about uh, middle rounds, Brock Bowers? That might be pretty intriguing. Throw him at the tight end position. Doesn't Bowers have one more? He's got to sit for, or he's got to stay at Georgia for one more year. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're bringing out. He's got one more year because he's probably gonna. He might end up being a top ten pick. Michael Mayer, maybe Michael next Mayer year's would draft. Be, okay, that's yeah. Michael but they, Mayer. but Georgia does have, uh, and I don't have the name off the top of my head. That's six seven tight oh, end. Yeah, he's the one that's. I believe it's Darnell Washington. Yeah, Darnell Washington. Uh, he's coming out this year, so he could be an option as well, and and give them another red zone target because. Garrett Wilson is as talented as he is. It's not like he's, you know, a big body that you can throw in the middle of the field. Elijah Moore is elite, especially on the outside. Garrett Wilson's an all-around stud receiver. So if you can get a big body in the middle of the field that can take up all that space in a six foot seven Darnell Washington, I love that just as much if you can get him in the middle rounds. So that's a great, great shout. All right. What one all right. You got Jill. <laughs> Let's move over to a game that uh, we kind of thought wouldn't be relevant, and that's that's really been the theme of this year. A lot of games that we didn't <laughs> think would be relevant. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really interested in Seahawks-Chiefs here. The Seahawks at this point are basically fighting for their lives to make a playoff spot. And if they lose this game, now you've got... Washington, Detroit, and Green Bay all breathing down your neck for that final playoff spot. That's, I mean, it sucks that it feels like the Giants are in the playoffs. Like, I mean, the Giants, do we really need them in the playoffs? But they're 
they're almost after that win against Washington. It almost feels like they're locked into that sixth seed in the NFC. So that seven, but that seventh seed is wide open, and it's really a battle of Washington, Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. Somehow, still has a shot. Seahawks have been on a, you know, as I mentioned, on a little bit of a down skid. Geno is not looking like he's the player that he had in the first maybe 10 weeks. Last few weeks, he's been, you know, falling off a little bit. This seems like an easy spot for the Chiefs to get an easy W, but you know Pete Carroll teams are going to be out here to play. Do you see this being a competitive matchup? And, I mean, again, I wouldn't have thought that Seahawks-Chiefs would be something that we'd be talking about this late in the season going into Week 16, but... It is. It's a legitimate big-time matchup. Chiefs are also fighting for an AFC for that overall number one seed with Buffalo and Cincy. Yeah, and the Chiefs have looked vulnerable too lately. They're not the team that came out gunning at the beginning of the season. There are some holes there. I I just don't know. Tyler Lockett's hurt. He's going to be out in this one. So you're going to have DK Metcalf and Marquise Goodwin holding steady on the outside Marquise there. Goodwin hanging in there. Dwayne Eskridge. Adios, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that one didn't work out. Yeah, we'll see. Kenneth Walker has yet to practice this week, so we'll see what he's got rolling for him. He's still got the Q tag as of yeah, today, recording Wednesday. Recording Wednesday, so we'll see there. I just I think the Chiefs are just going to be too much in this one. It's going to be cold as shit in this one. It's one of the lowest temperatures of the week. Big theme this week is there's shit weather all over the country in this one. So make sure you're watching for Saturday's forecast. Right now, we've got a huge snowstorm that's rolling through the Midwest, and I think it's moving its way out east. So I think the Buffalo game is going to have some, or um, not Buffalo, but some of the other East Coast ones. Buffalo's in Chicago this week, and that's going to be one of the colder games of the week, too, with some nice wind chills coming off of the lake, too. So, But I... I think the Chiefs are going to be too much in this one, and I think it's going to be because of their run game. Seattle's given up a ton on their ground, and between Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to run the ball and get scooting that way and not have to rely on the passing game. What do you see for Jarek McKinnon for the rest of this season? As I mean, do you see him being the lead back for the Chiefs? Looks like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is pretty much not involved at all. Pacheco, we thought, was going to take over as that RB1 for the Chiefs, but Jared McKinnon over the last two weeks has, I mean, multiple touchdowns over the last two weeks, and it seems like he's kind of the, the number one guy for KC. And he's the number one running back over those last two weeks for fantasy, too. So um, I think you got to stay with the hot hand in this one. He's been doing awesome out of the backfield, catching the ball, too, and getting yards that way. Had a receiving touchdown last week. And, yeah, I think you need to keep feeding him the ball. Um, Isaiah Pacheco will be sprinkled in there as well. But I think Jarek McKinnon's kind of taken over that quote-unquote lead role in this one. But Can you start him in a flex spot? I am in our, our dynasty matchup, Jill. <laughs> Oh God, I'm scared now. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Uh, for uh, for you uh, listeners not in our dynasty league, we've got it's Josh and Jell facing off in Week One of the playoffs for our Winner dynasty goes league. to the ship. So, <laughs> damn Skippy. So we'll see how this one rolls out. But I'm a little scared that you got that you were able to pick up McKinnon. I uh I did make a waiver play for him, but have no had no money to spend left on him in in terms of fab. So Josh got the best of me on that one and is now starting him. So I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> My next game I'm looking forward to is a Christmas Day game, and that's between the Packers and Dolphins. I feel like we keep mentioning the Packers week in and week out because they are still in the playoff hunt. And this is a game that, again, they have to win to stay in the hunt with two games left. Dolphins kind of been struggling a little bit the last couple weeks. The receiving core is a little banged up. So we'll see what we got out of them in this one. But I think it's going to be an all-around fun matchup. There's... 
going to be quite a bit of offense, I feel like, between both teams in this one. We'll see A.J. Dillon coming off of the nice game this last week, but we'll see what his health status is going into this one. But I don't know. What what do you see out of this one? Is this going to be the end of Green Bay's playoff hopes, or are they going to be able to sneak out a win in Miami? So A.J. Dillon has passed concussion protocol. Okay. Uh, so he should be a he should be a full go. However, I feel like he's such a bigger like mismatch playing in Green Bay in front of that crowd in cold weather yeah. versus this, you know, you're going to you know it's Miami. You're going to have nice weather in Miami. So I don't I don't necessarily see AJ Dillon being a massive factor in this game regardless of of his uh, concussion status, but I could see Aaron Jones being a huge factor. Christian Watson out there on that fast track. If he being, runs the right route. <laughs> if if he actually like looks at those hot routes that, that Aaron is giving out, he would have he would have walked into the end zone if he would have seen that hot routes uh on that on that ball that Aaron threw. By the way, that probably pissed off a ton of either gamblers or fantasy footballers that the Packers took a knee at the one yard line. <laughs> oh yeah. If you owned AJ or if you owned Aaron Jones, all you needed was for him to punch it in. Yeah. And they just started they just took a one knee to end the game. One of my other leagues, one of the guys that got knocked out of the playoffs needed one touchdown from Aaron Jones. So that one yard that he got stopped at was the difference between him advancing in the playoffs. That's insane. That's, that's fancy. It's why we hate (laughs) fantasy football, but we all play it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But no, I, I think that, I think it'll be a really interesting matchup to see, you know, Tariq Hill, Jalen Waddle to that offense against the defensive scheme of the Packers. Jair Alexander, He's only one guy. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he mans up on Tyreek the whole time or if he just plays to one side kind of like what Jalen, you know, Jalen Ramsey, that's Jalen Jalen Ramsey only plays one side of the field. Stefan Gilmore, same thing. A lot of those elite corners, you know, Darrell Revis Island would also do the same thing, just play one side of the field. So it'll be interesting to see what the Dolphins do there and and kind of how the Packers end up scheming these guys out because Jalen Waddle, Tariq Hill, you can make a pretty easy argument that that's the best receiving duo in the league. So with Jair Alexander, the one elite corner, they do have some nice he I mean, you know, nice safeties. Adrian Amos, former Bear, just to just to bring that up. Uh nice, really nice player and They've got- Speaking of Adrian Amos quick, I was watching the game with my wife the other weekend and she was just on her computer doing something else and the announcer's like, and Adrian Amos with the tackle and she's like, did they just say anus? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, it's Amos. Thanks for paying attention. But I was Adrian just dying anus. laughing. <laughs> That's amazing. So you got so you got anus there in the you know as a safety <laughs> plug uh, <laughs> for for any of those deep balls. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Um, so I I just want to see that secondary battle versus those wide receivers. Um, you know, Tua really likes to get the ball out really quick. So I don't know how much the Packers pass rush is going to be as a big factor. It's going to all come down to, I think, secondary play for that Green Bay defense. The Dolphins right now are four to four and a half point favorites, depending on the site that you look at. And if the Dolphins win, that's Green Bay season. I mean, it's over at that point. So uh, mass, obviously a massive game for the, for Green Bay, but also just as, as big of a game for the Dolphins. They've got six losses on the season. So they're right now fighting for a wild card spot, which, you know, we've been saying all season how nice of a year that the Dolphins have had. But two of missed three games, and they went 0-3 in those games. So that just added up really quick. And then they lost, and then, or are they at seven? Eight and six is the Dolphins. Eight and six, yeah. So they lost their three games when Teddy Bridgewater was in, and then they've just lost their last three against the Bills, Chargers, and... Uh, 49ers. Niners. So those are their six losses. It's still a solid squad, but that's also a freaking gauntlet. 
that the Dolphins are going into with those three squads now now going in and facing Aaron Rodgers. That's pretty. That's a pretty tough slate. Uh, I still, as much as it pains me to say this, I think the Dolphins end up getting the W in this game. I don't know where do you sit on how you think this ends up playing out. I don't know for whatever reason. I just I feel like the Packers are going to end up making the playoffs. I I really do, and I think that they're going to end I, up winning this week. I just I don't know. It just they seem to be clicking a little bit more right now and doing just enough to win. Their defense is doing just enough to win right now. This is going to be a big test. Then they have a what back to back home games against the Vikings and Detroit to end the season. So two division games, which the Packers have historically done well against other division opponents. So Minnesota at that point in time might not have a ton to play for depending on the results this weekend. They're still probably going to be playing for that first round bye, but I don't know. I think if I the Packers the Vikings can win this are going to, I don't Vikings don't have a chance at that first round bye, do they? There's only one bye now. Yeah. But I think they st- Eagles are 13 and 1. Yeah. Vikings maybe do have a shot here, I but I think they have an outside shot, but let me that, Yeah, they're 11. They're two games back with three to play. So, in Philly, we don't know it might be Minshew Mania this weekend. So, we'll see. Well, that's a <laughs> that's a perfect transition. I wanted to skip over to that Eagles Cowboys game. You are welcome. Minshew Mania. Let's go. Bring in the bring on the jorts. I right now, I mean, God, the Cowboys are one point favorites. That shows you that like Minshew that Vegas at least believes in Minshew as being a legitimate number two quarterback. We saw him in Jacksonville. I mean, he he was always putting up numbers. They weren't turning into W's, but it's not like he was incompetent. And it also it it also shows me that God damn this Eagles team is just that stacked. Where you where you can lose the right now Vegas front runner for MVP in Jalen Hurts and throwing a backup. Okay, we're only still one point dogs to a playoff team in the Cowboys. That's shows me how good the Eagles are. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. Like you said, Dallas has struggled the last couple weeks and Minshew is a serviceable quarterback and they don't need him to do a ton in this offense. They just need him to not turn the ball over. Philly's defense has been playing pretty solid and the run game outside of last week. I mean, you can talk to talk about Miles Sanders gel uh, when we get to our Drew Locks and his uh, terrible performance last week against Chicago. But they should be able to run the ball on Dallas in this one. It should be a good game. I mean, obviously Dallas needs this win to try and climb back into um, division race and to keep hold of their playoff spot as well as some of those teams that you had mentioned earlier um, trying to catch up to them. But I don't know. It, it's hard for a backup to come in and win games. And I just – I don't know if Minshew is going to be able to do it in this one. It's going to be a tough loss without Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is an extremely mobile quarterback that has been putting up a ton of yards on the ground. So we'll we'll see what Minshew Mania is able to do against this Dallas defense and see if they're able to bounce back after probably being extremely pissed off that Dak threw a pick six. Uh, didn't even give them a chance in that one. So Which that really wasn't – I mean – it was kind of Dak's fault a little bit on that pick six, but Noah Brown basically like, you know, tossed that ball up like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like he was throwing a, you know, roll of toilet paper <laughs> straight up to that defender, you know, nice and soft. Dak did throw it a little bit low, but do you think that was maybe a look ahead game where Dallas just kind of lost focus, especially after they got that massive lead? I don't think it was because you'd think of anything, they wouldn't have been looking ahead after they almost lost to Houston at home the week before. I mean, you'd think well, that they would have. You heard before before that, even before that Texans game, Micah Parsons was asked about Jalen Hurts and like, do you think Jalen is the reason that Philly is as dominant as they are? And he said, 
basically like I think that they just have a really good team. Jalen's played well, but I think they have a really good team. So even two weeks before this game, he was being asked about the Eagles, and you know that. I'm not saying that they weren't focused over the last two games, but it could have played a factor. Yeah, no, for sure. The last game I want to get into is one that, man, the NFL was probably licking their lips at the beginning of the season. and I know the game you're talking about. <laughs> Just like, oh, man, we've got two amazing teams that we're going to put into a slot of their own on Christmas Day. Fuck you, NBA. Everybody's going to be tuned into this one. Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Rams, Broncos, two teams fighting for the playoffs. And in turn, we have a 36 and a half point over under in this game. <laughs> no one in their right mind, unless you're a fan of the Rams and Broncos. And even if I was, I don't even know if I would be tuned into this one. It is going to be ugly. Two teams that have nothing to play for. And it's just going to be terrible football. Well, this might be where the NBA. Okay, so. Bucks fans, you are in luck. Bucks, Celtics. So this game, Rams, Broncos starts at three thirty. Bucks, Celtics starts at four. So you have something to watch in that mid afternoon, that late afternoon slot because, like you said, this is a perfect. You know, depending on, it's either a perfect time to nap. If your family eats Christmas, you know, quote unquote Christmas dinner early, this is a perfect time to nap. If you guys eat in the middle of the day, schedule dinner for 3.30 because you don't want anything to do with this game. <laughs> and if, and then you can, you know, post, post Christmas dinner, turn on the Bucks game so you don't have to expose yourself to Baker Mayfield versus a Russell Wilson Broncos team who they scored 24 points last week without Russell Wilson (laughs) with Brett Rippon in there at quarterback. Russell Wilson's due to be back this week. That's the, that's the most functional the Broncos have looked offensively the last two, really the last two weeks, but Russell, you know, Russ ended up getting hurt in the week previous with that concussion where he looked like he was knocked out cold. Now you've got Russ coming back and it's going to be interesting to see if that Broncos offense reverts back to the completely incompetent (laughs) squad that it was. So no, I'm not looking forward to this game, (laughs) but you're right. The NFL, when they schedule this, Hey, Russell Wilson versus the defending champs. Nope, no Stafford. Russell Wilson's not who he ain't who we thought he was. So it's gonna be great. Uh, last game I wanted, to, <laughs> last game I want to touch on here is is Bengals Pats. Right now, Bengals come in as three point favorites in New England. Now, normally this would be a spot where I'm like I'm all over betting on Belichick here as home dogs coming off that embarrassing loss. Bengals are on a six game win streak or or it's either six games, one or six games straight covering the spread. I don't know. (laughs) Hashtag not a, not a degenerate. Uh, (laughs) I mean, do you think that that's an appropriate line? Bengals favored by three on the road at new England for Saturday at noon. I just haven't seen anything out of the Patriots, obviously out of the Patriots offense coming off that embarrassing loss. I almost feel like there's, there's two ways this game is going to go and it's either going to be the Patriots bounce back really hard and Belichick gets his guys in line or the Patriots just basically give up on the season and they know they're not going to make the playoffs and we just had that the most embarrassing loss in however, maybe ever, at least on that play, for that walk-off loss. And the Bengals, but and the Bengals have been on fire. 
Do you think three points is appropriate? I, I feel like, like I wouldn't be surprised if this was Bengals by six. Yeah, I think the Bengals are going to walk away with this one. I just the Patriots offense isn't going to be able to keep up with them. Their offense, Cincinnati's, has been clicking lately, and yeah, I I don't see this one being close. Like you said, Patriots, they they haven't shown us anything lately that resembles a team that could pull off an upset right now, and I I don't see that happening. I think we're going to get a press conference that. Bill comes out and says, thank God we're away from Cincinnati. Because <laughs> he's going to be glad to see them leave after the ass whooping that they're going to put on in Foxborough. How did he not drop that line again going into this game in his post-game presser? Right. Like, come on now, we're on a Cincinnati. Like, oh, come on, Bill. You could have had a little bit of fun with that. Finally, a little oh, yeah. bit of fun in your pressers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of fun, Joe, let's get into our Drew Locks of the Week where your truly go. has climbed back and only 20 points away from taking back the lead. So can we'll you see. uh can you can you give the the audience a breakdown of what happened this past weekend? Yeah, my team played and yours didn't. That is the <laughs> unofficial breakdown. Um, but no. Gel did not have the greatest of weeks. Um Again, we record earlier in the week, so sometimes we're banking on players playing or performing well. Jeff went, uh, or Jell went, Mike White. Whoa. I was looking at uh, your tight end, and that's why I said Jeff. <laughs> but uh, no, Jell went, Mike White, Garrett Wilson, Miles Sanders, Jeff Driscoll for a whopping combined 7.13 points. A nice zero points from Mike White, 0.7 from Miles Sanders, and 0.53 from Jeff Driscoll. I don't know what happened with Miles Sanders. I thought that was going to be the lock of the century. Yeah, I mean, that was my number one pick had you not done that, and I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> That's all I can say. God, like, but. what is that? And then, I mean, I was an idiot for believing in Jeff Driscoll, but. And then the Mike White injury where I thought he was going to be good as, you know, good to go because yeah. he finished that game after those two rib shots. He still finished the game, but after the game, he said he went to they said he went to 12 here. So, original opinion plus 11. I guess do you, a, a a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth and 11th opinion. And they all said no, you can't play. <laughs> 12 different doctors he tried. He wants to be out there so bad. And then he puts up a freaking donut because he didn't play. boy. Hey. <laughs> so now you're down by uh, 20 points. So 05. Yep. Right so now. it is 494.55 to 474.5. So yes, 20.05 points behind. So I went into this game with a 40-point lead. That got cut in half, that basically. That is correct. Over one week, which is just lovely. Looking to do it again. Three weeks left. It is week 16. I have the even weeks. If you're new to the show, each week, Joe and I pick a quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end. You get whatever fantasy points that player scores for the week. Once you pick a player, you cannot use them again, and you cannot pick the same player as your opponent does for that week. Even weeks, I get to go first, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to lock in my tight end. This is a guy that has been hot lately, and uh, those listening right now will know the results of this one because I'm going to lock in the Thursday night game, Evan Ingram versus the New York Jets. Evan Ingram has been getting a ton of targets from uh, Trevor Lawrence, and I I like Evan Ingram this week against the Jets. Oh, shoot. That's a great call. I thought that I had already used him. Nice work. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. I respect that tight end spot. Uh, okay. Evan Ingram it is. That's a good call. Uh, I'm going to tackle my wide receiver position for my first pick, and that's got to be Jalen Waddell. I, you know, as I mentioned when we were talking about that Dolphins-Packers preview, I don't, I don't know how they're going to – how the – that Green Bay secondary is going to be able to defend both Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. So 
it, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Jalen Waddle show. Hopefully they shut down Tyreek a little bit, force that ball over to Waddle, and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be a lot of points on the Dolphins side. So points on points on points. <laughs> that's right. No, that's that's a great pick. He was one of the wide receivers I had written down here. Um, well, since you took the wide receiver, I am gonna default to quarterback in this one and <laughs> good gravy. Never thought I would utter this guy's name out of my mouth for my Drew Lock of the Week. For those of you out there that are looking for a quarterback streamer, this might be an okay option. <laughs> I'm going to ride with Daniel Jones versus Minnesota oh, this no! week. It's actually a halfway decent matchup. Minnesota's defense has been semi-susceptible to quarterbacks for fantasy, but again, I have used so many of the top quarterbacks so far, so I was... Uh, Pulling strings here, and uh, Mr. Daniel Jones, welcome to the Drew Locks. <laughs> Do you have no pride? Like, <laughs> I feel like I could never do that. I'm going to love when, a good matchup. I'm going like, to love good. when Daniel Jones has a couple rushing touchdowns, maybe another touchdown in a loss, of course, because they're not going to win this game. But he climbs me back and gets me into contention going into next God. week, and you have to eat your words, Jill. If that's the case, I will again tip my cap. You, if that, oh god, that's god damn it! Now you got me scared. All right, well, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the stack here. I haven't used two of this uh, this year, so uh, to a T, to a Tago uh, as my as my stack of Tua and Jalen Waddle versus the Green Bee Packers. I like it. Um, man, let me see what I want to do. All right, I'm going to go with the wide receiver position, and I'm going to take advantage of an, another very poor pass defense and take advantage of a team that one of their wide receivers went down last week in Tyler Lockett, and I'm going to go DK Metcalf in this one. have not used DK He's going to be their main wide receiver that they're going to use in this one against that Chiefs pass defense. I think there's going to be Geno's going to need to be passing the ball in this one to try and get them back into the game. And what better way than a nice big bodied wide receiver in a nice cold weather game than DK Metcalf? And no Tyler Lockett yep. to worry about Correct. as well. So that that's a great that's a great you got the timing right on that DK Metcalf pickup. Uh, I'm gonna rock. I'm gonna rock my running back position here. Haven't used Tony Pollard. It's about time. Uh, I got. I gotta get him in there. So Tony Pollard versus Philly. Not the greatest uh matchup against that Philly defense, but Tony Pollard when he's it really, he's just been really solid all you know since they started actually finally feeding him the rock and. I think he's going to have a fine week. So, Mr. T- Mr. TP, Tony Pollard. Given that I can't use Jonathan Taylor after he's been <laughs> ruled out for the season and I never used him through the first 15 weeks, I mean, Tony if, Pollard is. If you want, Gel, I will allow you to use Jonathan Taylor. Um. Okay, I'm going to stick with Tony Pollard on this <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know how he does with high ankle sprains, <laughs> right? And on the IR, I'm. Does yeah. IR count for any points? Huh? An automatic something. <laughs> yeah, automatic loss. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All, All right. yours, Big Daddy, running um, back spot. Yeah, I'm trying to think what I want to do with this one. All right, I haven't used him yet. I'll use my la- one of my last big names at the running back position because I don't really like his matchups the next couple weeks. I'm locking in Josh Jacobs against Pittsburgh. Not the best of matchups, but I think at least in this season he's pretty matchup proof and he's should be going off. They're going to be running the ball quite a bit and trying to move the sticks, and Josh Jacobs is my play. Yeah, he's been a baller. Love it. Chacola. You've got a strong... Number four, or strong, I guess, four players. Wait, you're considering Daniel Jones a strong player now, Joe? I'm scared now. You convinced <laughs> me, dog. 
I still haven't used Mark Andrews. Lamar Jackson is back. They're facing Atlanta. I see I see touch I see at least one touchdown, if not two. Uh so Mark Andrews finally, finally getting him into the lineup in week sixteen. I'm rocking out Tua, Jalen Waddle, Tony Pollard, Mark Andrews. JPEC is rolling with Daniel Jones, DK Metcalf, Josh Jacobs, Evan Ingram. I have a 20-point lead. We're coming down to the wire. Yeah, looking at your lineup, I, I do like it head-to-head against mine. But, yeah, we'll uh I think I've got we'll the see. advantage in at least three of the positions. Yes, the only one I would say you don't is Daniel Jones. Shut up. <laughs> 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 we can be found at Dead Arm Sports Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook oh, at shit. Dead Arm Sports. Go to YouTube, watch all of those wonderful videos we talked about at the earlier of the show, and then subscribe to our page, Dead Arm Sports. Subscribe, click the bell, that way you know when the episodes Ding. drop. Ask us any questions in that chat bar. We monitor that during our live recordings. Gel can be found at DOS Gel. I can be found at DOS JPEG. Give us a follow, send us any questions there. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send a screenshot and get you some swag. Joe, what are those platforms? Hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Whatever your chosen listening platform is, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Take a screenshot of that written review. Send it to us at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter or IG, a.k.a. Instagram, and uh, we will love you forever. And we will also send you some swag. <laughs> yes, we will. All right, that will wrap up this episode. I uh, got to get ready for the big Western Kentucky South Alabama game kicking off in 20 minutes. Go big red. Go big red, baby. Let's go. <laughs> if you could tell somebody you know about the podcast, help us spread the word. That would be wonderful. Make sure you subscribe to our pages. That also helps us out as well. So if you do enjoy the podcast, watching us on YouTube, just make sure you hit subscribe takes two seconds and then you'll know when our episodes drop and uh, you'll be an official follower of our podcast. Jill, close. What an honor that would be. It's a great (laughs) honor. Adios, Jim Leonard. And thank you for your time, but it's Luke Fickle's turn and I don't have another rhyme.